1: We're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five! Alright, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. (laughs)
2: ladies and gentlemen uh... we're coming to you with a heavy heart this week we lost someone very close to the permanent murder family Uh, trader joe passed away eighty nine years old Um, He's brought me some amazing snacks over the years some some delicious produce uh, cookie butter famously (laughs) goes on everything so I wanted to give him a proper send-off, Fran, your phone. I wanted to give him a proper send-off, and uh, it's a rough one, man. Um, pouring out some chocolate peanut butter pretzels for you this week, man. Shout-out to Trader Joe's. Anyways, uh, welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Eco-Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, fellow Trader Joe Stan, Francil Evans. Uh, what it's is Incorrect. <laughs> what? I'm sorry? Fellow, what? A Trader Joe's stand. Okay, you know one who goes to Trader Joe's all the time.
1: I don't. So I've been there one time. <laughs> Where do you get your groceries from? Huh? Aldi's. Oh, boo! Aldi stand. Moving on, moving
2: on. Oh, stand. What's there to stand? Aldi's stand. They don't even give you boxes. They put all your stuff in a box. Anyway, we're not doing that. Not this weekend. Okay. We're not doing that this weekend. All right. Rest in peace to Trader Joe. Great guy, sure. innovative thinker, bringer of great snacks. Right. Anyway, Fran, what's been going on, man? How's your weekend going? How, talk, talk to the people. What's new weekend, in Fran's My world? weekend
1: is good. It's coming into a end. We're um, recording this a little bit late. Yes. Uh, For me, but everything is good. We had a nice little weekend. Took Sophie out today. Went to a birthday party. Um, Tomorrow tomorrow gets yeah, you back came to... came in here with
2: the bubble guts. Crop dust in my whole house. Man. Yeah, I sorry. Appreciate it. Uh, had a lot of festivity food.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tomorrow gets back to the old grind. Steph goes back to work after oh wow leave, so.
2: oh wow big that's big milestone. so yeah milestone what yeah big milestone who takes care of the kid her mom uh, her mom yeah
1: so yeah. um family takes a village yeah so uh yeah other than that it's been great um i'm here getting to record and then um get to go home and uh eat some snacks and stomach is Trader hurting Joe so i'm snacks. Going. Yeah, yeah. no I know. all these snacks I'm um, going to eat some Reese's. I can't wait. To, I really can't wait for this podcast to be over so I can go home and just eat Reese's. All right, cool. <laughs> eat those, put myself to sleep. But how was your weekend?
2: My weekend was good, man. We celebrated a friend's birthday. I'm actually enjoying some of his peach cobbler mead. Uh, shout out to Brian over at Capital Hive Meadery. If you're ever in the Virginia area, go get you some mead. It's delicious. But we celebrated his birthday. We went to like a cool brewery in Virginia, had some fun beers and uh, you know some fun bar food. And I always I had a mock neck, I love it. any of any excuse to dress up I love, mm-hmm. so I had on some nice wingtips and a mock neck sweater, mm-hmm. and you know just was having a good time and I love to just go out and socialize dressed nicely, mm-hmm. so that is that was the big highlight of my weekend. Other than that, I did have to watch a six part docu series uh, called The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez, uh, because uh, I did a crossover podcast with fruit loops podcast that will be coming out this week we had a great time recording that hopefully it comes out there were some technical difficulties but if everything goes smoothly it'll be coming out anyway watch that super depressing super dark but a must watch it's necessary you learn about a lot of things going on uh, child services and what's going on with you know kids in the system and things that's a very important thing to watch i will only be watching it one time i'll never need to watch it again it's very depressing uh, but Resident Priest to Gabriel Fernandez if That was my weekend A little bit of beer A little bit of trauma and tragedy And kids being beat to death by their parents That was my weekend Not mm-hmm. as exciting as birthday parties And Reese's Peanut Butter Cups But, you know, we all have our own You know, us single folks have to get by how we can, you know Yeah, well Everything's not as exciting as Oh, the the baby walk today Yeah well, I have to find my joys where I can, Fran, okay? Okay, well And I'm going to drown my sorrows in alcohol Go ahead Anyways, uh, you know, we'll keep it brief. We don't need to go on too yeah. much. What I want to do is um, I wanted, I made an announcement earlier on social media. March, the month of March here on Affirmative Murder is Busta Rhymes Appreciation Month. Is it? Uh, Yeah, man. I just Says who? I, says me, man, the guy who picks the music. Whenever I ask you what music to play, you're like, um, Gucci Man or yeah. whatever thing that you pick to play. Yeah. And everybody doesn't want to hear that. It's not always a positive energy hearing people go bow bow. How know? do you know so, that? Well, I mean, we have a very diverse audience. We are the hottest true crime podcast in the street. So some people like to hear Bao Bao, but not everybody wants to hear Bao Bao.
1: Everybody should be able to use Bao. want to listen to that. Well, you know.
2: Yeah, to each his own. Yeah. and But I think everybody can appreciate a Busta Rhymes song or two. Also, I'm, I'm very big into giving people their flowers these days. We're losing a lot of heroes, a lot of people who mean a lot to us. So I want to start having, every once in a while, just have a month where we just give somebody praise for a month. Maybe next month will be Missy Elliott Appreciation Month. Maybe, you know, some other artist that we like, Drake Appreciation whatever, you know, yeah. whoever. Just show them some love for all that month. We're just going to play our favorite songs. He gets a lot
1: of appreciation for me, so, but, you know. Who, Busta Rhymes? Not Drake.
2: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. Just drops a new heat this week. Bless yep. the streets with that. Um, anyways, uh, what I wanted to do is, unless you, if you have a Busta Rhymes favorite... You I can... do.
1: Not B- no, I don't.
2: You don't have a... Not a okay. You not, don't...
1: Off top, not off the top of my head, no.
2: Okay, well, uh, what I'm going to send us off to uh, in the first, the inaugural first day of Busta Rhymes Appreciation... Uh, ironically enough, I wanted to play March Madness because it's the first week of March and you know I love March Madness. That song is just yeah. it's better than any Beatles song. But anyway, um, it's not... Future month, it's Busta Rhymes Appreciation Month. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to take us out to uh, Past the Cavassier uh, by Busta Rhymes featuring Pharrell and Sean P. Diddy Combs. And uh, so enjoy these Busta Rhymes vibes. Let it take you back to where you were when the first time you heard Past the Cavassier. First time you had some Cavassier, I don't know. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around.
1: Come on, street soldiers ringing Short circuit black, and in the blocks out. Now open up the garage and pull the drops out. Rocking a fur coat, bringing the blue fox out.
3: Diamond's yeah. Light up the block, bringing the blue rocks out. <laughs> While until all of my crew knocks out. Come on, get your ass up on the floor. <laughs> Throw your hands if you want some more. Oh. Baby, wiggle your crotch out huh, And peek the way we be blowing them spots out Come on, look how we got them ready to act out Girl, I'm ready to get the twist in your back yes, out sir. Come on, drink yak till I'm falling out Yeah, flat yeah. on his back Now watch your brother crawling out Talk.
2: What's up, son?
4: See them girl rollin' And
2: it look like So just All right. Well, actually, since you are interrupting the podcast, I, I do. I did hit record. I wanted to. Hello, folks. We're back. Uh, uh, we got a call from a, a friend of the pod, Les Green. I wanted to. I only want i back? I am back. I wanted you to take just thirty seconds because uh news alert less green I don't know if this, you have any contracts that, or anything going like that. Les Green was live when oprah Winfrey fell off sta fell on the stage giving her a TED talk or whatever, and I wanted you to just give the folks a play by play of uh how it felt to see uh billions and billions of dollars fall like an old lady First of weirdly all put
3: me right to the mic because do I have the teacher still
2: okay, please
3: well, <laughs> so. The day before, first of all, let me tell y'all, I was like, um, one of my friends was like, "Oh, have you met her?" I was like, "Oh, there's no way in hell I'm ever gonna meet her." No, uh, it's Oprah. <laughs> they like put um, your head
2: down, don't look at her when she walks by.
3: Exactly. Oh, we're we're supposed to call her Miss Winfrey. <laughs> oh, god, I'm shot. <laughs> um, but no, that's respect. Anyway, the day I went, after I just finished telling my friend I'd never meet her. They go, "Oh, today's the day we all get a picture with her. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Oprah Winfrey touched the small of my back. <laughs> I haven't taken a shower since then. I cannot cool the wash off the billions.
2: No, at all. Why would you?
3: She smells you know, if you smell your money, like if you pull a dollar out of your pocket right now.
2: You can smell the other hands that have touched it, the poor. You can
3: smell hands. You're probably going to smell the poo particles on on it. Um, There's probably going to be some, like, cocaine on there. Um, (laughs) But you will not smell Oprah because she doesn't touch money. (laughs) She doesn't touch it. What she smells like is signing paperwork all day. Like, that's what she smells like.
2: Like Xerox?
3: Yeah, but sweet. Like... (laughs) I want to figure out this scent. Anyway, fast forward to the next day. Um, Crushed it on stage, opening up for my Auntie Oprah. And uh, (laughs) I mean, she must have been too hype or something because she hit that Dougie real hard.
2: (laughs) She just was like, see, the world is about balance. And when everything is balanced, she's whoop, 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 whoop. whoop." my God.
3: (laughs) When I tell you I had to run for the bathroom... Because I put my hand over my mouth so fast, <laughs> I knew she was all right. I knew she was all right. She's worth a billion dollars. There's no way she was gonna die from that fall. I just couldn't laugh in front of her fans because they would have all killed me. Um, it was, it was fucking hilarious. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you guys are Oprah fans and you felt bad, yeah, I mean, yes. She fell, but she's okay. Oh, what they didn't show, yo, Stedman ran up from the audience oh. and fixed the situation. <laughs> Stedman ran up and the crowd went wild. Her knight in shining stuff. armor. Stedman, because that was the only one I think Stedman was at, and Stedman <laughs> ran up and was like, Are you all right, baby? Let me take your shoes off.
4: You <laughs> Thank right? you,
3: Stedman. Like, yo, Stedman <laughs> and Gail were there. Gail was right behind Stedman. Like, it was a legit thing. She fell. We all fall. And now I think she rubbed her clumsy um, energy on me, and I might fall in the next two hours or something, but it was all good. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <I> thank you <laughs> for having me.
2: Yes, please. Plug you. If you have any dates coming, but we have, you know, we're international. We have listeners all over the place. we have any d- oh, uh, gigs coming way. up? Well, please. I'm in
3: California right now, and I plan on doing shows here once a month.
2: What part uh, of Cali? So
3: I am in L.A., but I play in pasadena okay if you guys want to follow me my name is i am less green on social and um, my band's called the swayzies that's the swayzies
2: s as in steven
3: w-a-y-z-e-e-s all right ladies <laughs> I'm and you guys are always having so much fun without me on the uh freaking facebook page I'm busy, y'all, but y'all mad lit. I love all of your fans. I'm always checking in. Y'all are dope as hell. Fran, what's going on? <laughs> what's
1: going on, man? Wait, <laughs> my first, my first, my first question is why was why was you around Oprah? I'm I'm trying to figure that one out. He does these events. <laughs> he does these events. It's a
2: lot to get into. I'll tell okay. you off, mic. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Up, you blow the right people that's right. Wow, alright <laughs> that's, that's been less Green okay. A, th- a, a, a fa- Family of the pod Today <laughs> is Sunday, right? Yeah, you can't say that kind of stuff <laughs> on the Lord's Day uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Les Green Alright <laughs> Alright, so this week it's my turn to go first <laughs> We're gonna move on from that uh, It's my turn to go first uh, Yeah, that was Les uh, For anybody who, who didn't see Oprah, eat shit Did you see that friend? Yeah, just it. Yeah, she ate shit pretty hard. Man. Yeah. Yeah, Les was like right there. So that was pretty nice. So
1: he was, he was performing or?
2: Yeah, she does these things where she does like morning yoga all around the country okay. with this group that he's been with since the before she got involved. It's called Daybreaker. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing that with them for years. Mm-hmm. And then Oprah was like, I want to partner with Daybreaker. Hmm. And so now Les goes and like is the opening act for Oprah giving life advice to a stadium full of people. That's dope. Yeah. So and then in the process of that, she ate shit like a mofo. Yeah. It was pretty nuts. Yeah. Right after saying like, oh balance, and yeah. then it was so, but, but, the irony. Yeah. She yeah. really it was like a very comedic fall.
1: You know what? When, like when I saw that, I was like, man, when you get old, you just can't catch. Yeah. Your when you like go, you,
2: you just go. There's yeah. no, you know. Sometimes I'll I'll s- s- stumble, but I can get it back. Yeah. When you hit a certain point. You're just going top. Fo- you're going top heavy. Yeah. You're just gonna. Yeah. Oh, I'm falling now, yeah. and now it's a super slow, awkward fall where you see somebody yeah. going through the process of falling because yeah. they can't catch themselves. Yeah, I mean it sometimes I
1: slide, and you know when you walk, you know at some point you're on one foot when you. Yeah, walking. but you can tighten and the quad. Slide. Yeah, you slide and you catch yourself like yeah. whoa, no. That's when you hit by when you're forty-fifties. You yeah, all that's just gone. All that being able anymore. to
2: brace yourself and that stop on a dime. It's like, oh no, I'm going over. Yeah. So you let oh man, you say yeah. you had you know got enough time to say stuff like oh I'm falling yeah, and then everybody can look <laughs> yeah. and turn to you and get ready to give you yeah, a medical attention, yep. but yeah so shout out to Oprah and you know shout out to Les and uh, like I said it's my turn to go first friend are you ready for my affirmative murder yes I am okay my affirmative murder this week I actually was watching boxing highlights of Mike Tyson monster, um and it took me down the rabbit hole of man Don King really fucked that guy over and took all his money. What a shiesty dude. Yeah. But guess what? Don King actually murdered a couple of people. Did he? And super got away with it and is, you know, went murdered, on to make Murdered
1: people st- legally? Boxing?
2: No, no, like no. Like, mean? on the street. Because okay. he's, a, you know, he's like, as as stupid as his hair looks, Don King is like a gangster. Oh. You know, okay. so I'll get into that. My affirmative murder this week is the story of the life and times of Don King. Hmm. Only in America. Uh, so, uh... My, the, my source was thefamouspeople.com along with Wikipedia and some other just watching Mike Tyson interviews of mm. him just raining down on Don. He hates him. Mm. He stole a lot of money from Mike Tyson. Mm. Anyways, is he still alive? Mike Tyson? No, what? Don King? Oh, uh, yes. Don okay. King is still alive. So, this is the story of Don King. So. With an outrageous and rather odd hairdo and flamboyant mannerism, no other man has managed to make a fortune out of the, out of promoting boxers as much as Don King. He made a lot of money fucking over fighters and promoting fights. Hmm. He, he loves rhyme and alliteration. It's like, the battle in Baltimore. He, that's, he like pioneered that. Anyway, his life is one that shocks or rather jolts the, the daylight out of many. For King's eerie past, achievement i mean for, for king's eerie past activities which include manslaughter street crime and jail sentences after dropping out of kent state university in his hometown of cleveland ohio he began operating an illegal bookmaking operation so he was doing some illegal gambling shit running uh, gambling halls and bars that dude some seedy shit mm-hmm. you know th- things like that in 1954 a man named hillary brown tried to rob don king on the street king's response was to shoot him in the back This received a justifiable homicide ruling from the courts because of the theft aspect of the crime. So because he was being robbed and and murdered somebody, it was all good. Self-defense. That's self-defense. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. Moving on. uh, Later, King killed another man. It was outside the Manhattan Tap Room in 1967 where King beat Sam Garrett to death. Mm-hmm angered over an unpaid $600 debt now what are you willing to do to somebody over $600 they owe you $600 mm, short 600 of beat them dollars. to death like uh, uh, not anything before that how anything far are you that. willing to go? confront them just yeah. confront them yeah. ask for money loudly yeah. angrily yeah. now do you know how much $600 was in 1967 I was about to say that yeah wanna take a guess 5000 mm, dollars $5,300 Okay. Now I will rephrase the question. How far are you willing to go? How close to killing, beating somebody to death, are you willing to go over fifty three hundred dollars? Not even close. Not even close. Still just a confrontation. Yeah. I don't know. We might have to fight. I don't know if I'm gonna. What he did was, you know, he
1: kicked the guy while he was down. It depends on. It depends on my life situation.
2: I mean, two kids is that's a pretty intense life situation.
1: Right now. Yeah. Okay. Nah, wouldn't do it.
2: No? Nah. Just, I, hey man, give me my money or we're going to take this to small claims court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you to court. Yeah, I'm take not. Take you to Judge Judge Joe Brown or something. Not worth it.
1: Because you never know how you're going to react in certain situations. Yeah, fair enough.
2: Um, So the guy owed him $600 or $5,300 in today's money. King pummeled Garrett, knocking the smaller man to the ground. And and after which, King, King then began to kick Garrett in the head. As the assault continued... Two Cleveland cops driving past the bar stopped their patrol car and jumped out to stop the bloody attack. As detailed in a re- police report written by Detective Robert Tone, King, who had a gun in his right hand. I'm holding my left hand up but I'm because I'm on my phone. King holding a gun in his right hand when well, two police pulled up. So that's just amazing that he even this isn't the day Don, uh, Don King died. Yeah. And he's not just some headline from 1967. He- holding a gun in his right hand, King was kicking Garrett in the face and head. After being ordered to drop the weapon, King tossed the gun on the trunk on the trunk of a nearby car, whereupon he again kicked the victim in the face. Mm. So he was mad mad. Yeah. Uh the unconscious Garrett, who was thirty four years old, was transported transported to a local hospital where the staff reported that he had a punctured eardrum, fractured jaw, and a possible skull fracture. King, who tone described as a known numbers and policy figure, so he was known on the streets as doing illegal activity, he had a reputation, mm-hmm. was handcuffed and questioned by the cops. The numbers kingpin claimed to have been defending himself from Garrett, who owed him some money and refused to pay. Now, was this
1: before he was Don King?
2: Yeah, he wasn't Don okay. King. Yeah. Right. He was just Don King, local street level okay. hustler, right. gangster type in okay. Cleveland, in Shaker Heights. Yeah. Where where Kid Cuddy's from. So he was just doing like, you know, he was a local gangster. Okay. Uh, yeah cops seized king's loaded gun his clothing and his shoes as evidence which i don't really know what evidence is in 1967 they're like this has blood on it so we saw it on you so blood Uh, after garrett died of his injuries king was charged with second degree murder for which he was found guilty a judge however later reduced the conviction to non non non-negligent manslaughter which i don't you know what does that mean the difference in twenty years. So uh when it when his conviction got dropped to non negligent manslaughter, uh the felony which King the, the felony then only took four years of, of uh Don King's life in prison. That's it? Yep. Beat a dude to death on the street, got manslaughter charged, which I don't know, maybe comes with like ten to twenty years or something. Got that knocked down by who knows whose palms he was greasing with his local gangster money. How is that not
1: murder though? I don't-
2: Oh, I have no idea. That's a good question. But again, he's Don King. He's always been a snaky, hustler kind of guy. He knows who to call. You know, mm-hmm. he 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 put the money in the right palms. He has the right photo of some dude getting blow job yeah. a blowjob from a uh uh. You know, he's married and he's getting weird uh, sex worker photos or something. something like that. Maybe I'm not saying that's what happened, but. Why go back and change the manslaughter to a non-negligent manslaughter? So only lost four years of his life. He got out in 1971. After A couple years after his release in 1974, he began his first venture as a boxing promoter with the legendary and historic boxing event, the Rumble in the Jungle, which took place between Muhammad Ali and heavyweight champion George Foreman made a bunch of money off that everybody got paid off that that's one of the big scenes in the movie Ali starring Will Smith is yeah. that the the rumble
1: in the jungle you sounds know? like a uh, pretty good life for me I mean yeah coming so from wrong. where he
2: could have gone he yeah. could have spent the rest of his life in jail for killing somebody oh yeah for sure well I don't think it was luck that's the thing I think it was gangsterism so I think he he made the moves he's a rascal man
1: but he I... was he was luck to be having the connects that he has and been doing what he's doing to that had the opportunity to for him to get those charges dropped like that is what I mean. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean,
0: yeah, I guess. Was this
1: was it the fight in Africa? Yes, I okay. believe so.
2: Gotcha. Uh, in 1975, so he really took off in the 70s, right in the yeah. mid 70s, really. In 1975, he promoted the boxing match, the Thriller in Manila, mm-hmm. which took place between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Yeah. In uh, Kazan City, Philippines, this was the third match between the two between the two boxers. And as the 70s progressed, he soon became one of boxing's most successful promoters. Yeah. As you see him with the flags and only in America. And his hair is looking all dickheadish. It was mm-hmm. crazy hair, but it's memorable. Yeah. It's all about branding. Like, you know him as the crazy hair guy. I've even seen cringy videos of white people when he's walking out of fights, like going to touch his hair, which is like, oh, don't, you know, don't touch my hair, man. Yeah. I don't care how cool it looks. Don't touch it. Well, but I'll that's what the
1: touch my hair if, paying if you paying for can... my fights. Fair enough. We yep.
2: <laughs> see where you're. <laughs> Your your integrity has a price, right? It's like, yeah. Well, I mean, I, hey, they, I, I made a hundred million dollars this weekend, so you could touch show, touch I away. Like, <laughs> uh, in 1982, he was sued by the legendary Muhammad Ali for fraudulent handling of funds mm. and underpaying the latter, who was Muhammad Ali, a sum of 1.1 $1. 1 million dollars.
1: He, however, ended up. Ended what year up, was this? 1982. Oh, I did hear. I did hear this. They talked about. They didn't talk about this on first take, but they talk about. Um, how much money that Ali made that fight? Oh yeah, yeah, not but nothing, that's, nothing. But that's a shitload of money and, then. And then,
2: but it's not a hundred million. Obviously, the sport has grown. Yeah. But Floyd Mayweather was at his peak was making like a hundred million dollars a fight. Yeah. A million dollars back then is a lot of money to into. It's probably like ten times, maybe yeah. ten million. Yeah. It's not. I mean, Floyd Mayweather is making ridiculous amounts of yeah. money, or was. I mean, but one point one million dollars, and to also not be paid it too. Yeah. So he only made one point, not only, but he made that's a lot of money. I'm not mm. trying to undersell it, but he didn't get paid it, so he didn't make anything. Mm. Now, so he didn't pay him one point one million dollars, or he underpaid him. He, however, ended the lawsuit by paying Ali a sum of guess how close he got to that one point one. Twenty thousand. He paid that man fifty thousand dollars of that money, and they
1: settled it. Oh yeah, you gotta die. Oh, that's the line? Yeah, that's Oh, it. we're talking about you
2: know, five hundred, six hundred thousand that, dollars Yeah, that's nothing. We're talking nah. about a million and we fifty
1: thousand. Yeah, you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. Yeah, that's that's F- a drastic Five thousand, nah. Yeah. But if I'm supposed to make one point something million dollars and you wanna give me fifty
2: thousand? Remy Ma? You know Remy Ma? Yeah. She shot her best friend over twenty five hundred dollars. Well. Wow. So Everybody's got a yeah, price. It depends. Sometimes right? it's just the principle of the matter. Yeah. But it's beyond principle about you owe me one point one million and you yes. go, all right. Well, the judge said I only got to give you fifty thousand. No. So fairsies? Yeah. It's like, no. Nah, I'm gonna give you these handsies and I'm gonna shoot yeah. you in your mouth.
1: Yeah, fifty thousand in your life, I'll take. It.
2: Yeah. Well, sometimes it's all about the message. Like yeah. in all those gangster movies, if they, owe, if you owe them five hundred dollars and you can't pay them, they're gonna beat the shit out of you. They might kill you so the next guy pays.
1: Hmm. Or like kill their mom or something. Oh wow. Something crazy okay. We'll move on.
2: Um. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's the Mike, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fran again, we got we got Mike holding Fran today. He's on his fucking Jerry Springer shit. All right. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Kill yeah. Or he yeah. said send a message, so I think
2: That'll send a hell of a message. Yeah, man. yeah for sure. Um
1: we're gonna we'll move. move okay. Uh
2: <laughs> so he paid Ali fifty thousand dollars when he owed him one point one million dollars. Wow. In nineteen eighty four he managed the victory tour of Michael Jackson and his brothers the Jackson five. What? Yeah, this dudes everywhere. If it's promotion know that. It's pro, if it's promotion, he was he had his fingers in it. In nineteen ninety two, he was questioned by the Senate for his connection with organized crime and links with the mobster John Gotti. Okay. So he was messing around with mob shit, you know, he just What a life. Man. He pleaded not guilty and denied having any connections. Don King has a reputation as a shisty business a shisty businessman, a reputation backed up by the very public grievance of boxing legend Mike Tyson, who in nineteen ninety eight now if you now you said you were gonna kill between Somebody owing you one point one and giving you fifty thousand. Check this shit out. His reputation is backed by when legendary boxer Mike Tyson in nineteen ninety eight filed suit against King, accusing the promoter and his two managers of having robbed him of more than a hundred million dollars.
1: But he blew like a hundred million dollars. He
2: did, but also <laughs> it's like you can't steal my money then as well. Yeah. What really happened was Mike Tyson got that rape charge in like ninety three. Mm. And when he got that rape charge, he started scrambling like, "Oh shit, man! I'm going to prison. All right, well, I need to have you know money on my books and make sure everybody's okay while I can't fight for the next couple of months." So he called his att- his, his accountant, and was like, "Hey, man, just let me know where I'm at so I can." I'm talking about casually. Yeah. Let me know where I'm at. Get my mom, or not as my mom, mom passed away, but like, get my my posse a couple million dollars to play with while I'm in prison. I'm doing this bid or whatever. His his accountant told him, "Yeah, Mike, um, you are twenty million dollars in debt." Damn. I'm talking about a dude who thinks he's worth. whatever he's worth in 1993, he thinks. And it turned out Don King was put... He had his family members on staff for ridiculous amounts of money per month. Mm -hmm. He was charging Mike Tyson for towels, ridiculous amounts of money. He just was bleeding this dude. He was billing Mike Tyson's account, which he had access to, making renovations to his office. Wow. So instead of using his money that he earned to do all those things... He was paying people that were doing work for him. Don't work for Mike Tyson. We're doing work for him outside of other stuff, paying him through Mike Tyson. He had just had, he had his cash cow. That was Mike Tyson who trusted him. So he's like, "Here's access to my account. You can whatever." And he took full advantage of it. And when Mike Tyson got arrested for that rape charge, he was twenty million dollars in debt.
1: So he did give him the money. He just he had access to it and he just spent it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a yeah, it was a it was a handshake type of deal. You're talking about a guy who just he he just does the fighting, and Don King was supposed to be his promoter slash that's manager. A, I know, but I'm
1: saying, wait, how did did was the money in his account at some point?
2: Yeah, Mike Tyson's money. That's that's what I mean. Yes, I mean, so it was, he did have it was, the money was in an account. It was
1: an A account. Okay, that he, I mean, yes, it's his account, but he Don, dipped and dabbled until he spent all the money. Got you. So he did get the money. He just had somebody he he just trusted Don King to take care of it. But he just spent it.
2: I don't even know if he trusted him to take care of it. I just think he gave him some access that he took advantage of.
1: Fuck that. Because
2: he's just a promoter. I don't think he was like, hey, Don, can you diversify my portfolio? Maybe invest in something. He's like, I pay you. Hey, man. Matter of fact, I bet it was something as simple as, you know, whatever you need to get paid a month, just go and write a check for it. I trust you. Fuck that. Like some type of
1: verbal agreement? Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, because Mike Tyson wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. He's not a dumb guy. But as far as business, especially back then, he's like, I don't know, man. Just, we're boys. And you know, take care of it. Nah. And he's like, Okay, well I'm gonna buy my own car and renovate my whole building and my son and my nephew and my and my grandson, all of them are on the payroll at a hundred thousand dollars a month and whatever, boom like that, you know, and finding out going from going from confidence of you know, yeah, let me just check, just to check. Sometimes you just want to check your bank account just to, you know, sometimes you just like to see them when you got some commas in your account. Yeah. When the bank account's hefty, you just like to look at it sometimes. Yeah. And going from that feeling to going to look and then you see that negative dash and there's all red numbers, you go, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. Wait, no, 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 I have, no, no, this is impossible. It's that kind of feeling. So, yeah, so what happened was, not that this isn't a Mike Tyson story, but what ended up happening was he got out of prison and he took a, a fight contract and to just he was getting paid like thirty million dollars a fight for two years. Like he came right out of prison fighting because he needed to make money. Yeah. But he didn't even realize until nineteen ninety eight, like I said, that it was because Don King fucked him. He just thought he spent all his money. Don King had a hand. Remember remember like when we were young? It was a little bit after we were but you might remember everybody saying Mike Tyson went bankrupt and all those kind of things. Yeah. Don a- King had a direct hand in that. Okay. Obviously, Mike Tyson was spending money crazy. buying tigers and shit like that. But Don King all, s- s- bled a lot of his money, okay. and put him in a position where he was doing desperate things, fighting people he didn't need to fight, e- extending his career beyond where he needed to. Yeah, he just he really fucked him over, you know. Damn. So That's yeah, hundred. So he so he took him to court, saying that he fucked him out of a hundred million dollars. The Boxers lawsuit also claimed that King charged him, like I said, for millions of, charged him millions of dollars in expenses like renovating King's home and offices and putting members of King's family in boxer pay on the Boxers payroll at inflated salaries. Mike Tyson hasn't held back in his feelings over, for Don King over the years. He even once said, <clears throat> King is just, um, he's just a wretched, slimy reptilian motherfucker. You know, it's just, this is supposed to be my black brother, right? You know, uh. He was, he was just a bad man, just a really bad man. Uh, he would kill his own mother for a dollar. He's just ruthless, uh, deplorable, uh, just a greedy man, and he, he doesn't know how to love anybody. He's not capable of it. So that was just... That's not how he talks, man. Who, Mike it's
1: Tyson?
2: Who are you listening to? I listen to hot boxing regularly. Yeah, Great podcast. Uh,
1: That's his podcast, right? Yeah, it's a really yeah, good podcast. I won't be listening. I can't. He has Sugar Ray. Why?
2: He's really smart, it's, man. I,
1: I'm not... What? I've
2: never said that. Of course, his intelligence. Just, I'm yeah. just
1: saying that... Can't take him serious? Nah, I just can't. I, I don't think I'll be able to handle his voice, his lisp, for like an hour. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah.
2: And every once in a while, he has these really raw moments. Like, he has Sugar Ray Robinson on his podcast, mm-hmm. and he's a diehard fan of that dude. And he just started crying, talking about how much he loved him and how much he respected him. He's like, "Yo, god to me. I can't I can't even believe it. He crying. He gets real quiet when he cries because he can't, he can't, like talk and breathe he's yeah. one of those kind of criers where it's like you want to go to tell you like I I yeah. <laughs> he's one of those criers so it's, it's 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 deep does he cry a lot on the body he's cried a couple times hmm. um a great number of boxers that he has promoted have accused him of fraudulent and mishandling his funds although he has quite an, an impressive criminal record he has promoted some of the most famous boxers of our time he is still active in the boxing promotion world, and it supposedly has a net net worth of about one hundred and fifty million dollars. So that was wow. the story of Don King, ruthless slimeball boxing promoter, yeah, and killed a guy one time. Oh, well, I killed mean, two. Everything
1: yeah. has something to do with money.
2: Oh yeah, 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 no, no, for sure, big time. Yeah, yeah, he's a slimy. He will kill you yeah. if you owe him money. But it can go there.
1: Mike Tyson did have like tigers and shit. No,
2: no, no. I'm not saying he wasn't. <laughs> fraud- he he wasn't uh being uh. Irresponsible. irresponsible with his money but and somebody stole a hundred million dollars yeah, from him. that's fucked up it's like if i blew through 250 million dollars but i have 350 million dollars you know that's yeah.
1: cool did he like retire or get like banned from sports or? who don king yeah no he still promotes fights
2: does he yeah didn't know that i wanted i, I thought he had a hand in mayweather versus mcgregor but i was wrong that's may, may, may- mayweather, right? mayweather that? has his own promotion oh, yeah so he, yeah so i was wrong but he definitely wanted to have a piece of that somewhere in the mix. He he still it's it's not as big. I, he hasn't been a part of a big fight in a long time.
1: Yeah, probably. People but he's don't trust his
2: ass. Yeah, because but now what he's doing is he's penny pitching penny pinching off of desperate fighters who he's like, I can get you the big money fight. His name and give you ten percent. And no, thank you. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. Especially boxing, you get beat all in the head. It's like ten percent. I need all the. I need the whole ass. purse, man. You get ten percent, Don. Yeah. He's like, well, only in America, you won't get any money.
1: Fuck him yeah man
2: (laughs) yeah so that was my affirmative murder this week the story of don king if you have any questions please fire away i don't know how many i can answer but
1: um no i didn't know that i didn't know he killed a person killed two people well the first one was self-defense i don't
2: yeah but like if you shoot a person like me and you me or you i don't know i don't know how you give it up but even if i carried a gun on me at all times if it really got to that and i killed somebody i'm that's like I don't know if that's traumatizing. Yeah. I don't know if I can just recover from that. You shooting somebody? Yeah. And they yeah. die? Yeah. Yeah. And then not and then no more than you know, five or so years later, he beat a dude to death. So he just that's just all that's just how he gives it up. Yeah. He's just a violent individual. But
1: he didn't shoot the second guy though.
2: He didn't. He beat the shit out
1: of him until he died. Yeah.
2: That's worse.
1: For his five thousand dollars. Come on, man. What?
2: That's crazy. Five grand?
1: Yeah. And
2: like I said, we might have to fight, but I'm the fight can end. Mm. It doesn't have to end in one of us being dead. If you owe me five grand. We got. I
1: gotta see you about. Depends, that. man. What if just? What if you? What if you really need that? What if you just lost your job like a week before that?
2: Oh, I can see myself being in a situation where murder comes to mind. Yeah, I'm just not in that situation. I'm talking about me. Yeah, I can't go there. Yeah, no. If I, you know, the rents due and that. Fi- I I, ha- I had. I already counted that five grand that you owe me as you know. Okay, when I get that five, I can cut the lights back on, get some food, you know, yeah. pay my back child support, whatever the situation is. And then you go, ah, especially depending on how you come at me about it. Yeah, that can dictate if y'all take your life or not too. Or if you go, ooh man, I don't have it. Sorry, man. Catch me next week. I'm gonna catch you right now. Well, that or they've been avoiding you. Oh yeah, they you they come out of the store. Like, oh hey man, like. I was just about to come over to house. Yeah. Man Where's my money <laughs> That's what I was coming to tell you though Yeah I was coming over to tell you I don't have it right now mm-hmm. But I, You know I, I I put in on these You know some, my, my my neighbor You know they make making pit bull puppies they, He wouldn't even get it's that like, you know, it's like yeah. Some crazy scheme yeah. My neighbor right She's breeding pit bull puppies I gave her five grand When she has The pit bull puppies I get I get $400 off each sale So if they make As long as it's a, a nice Healthy birth They give Maybe about 20 puppies I, I have about half of it and I get you the other half next year. So wait, what? Nah. Nah man. I'm gonna just kill you. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm all, this anger has to go somewhere and I'm not getting my money, so you gotta die. Yeah. That Alvin would do that. <laughs> it have to be that extreme. They wouldn't even got that
1: far with that story. Yeah, so puppies in his
2: mouth. <laughs> puppies. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, so that was um, that was my affirmative murder, like I said. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, folks, we're back. Welcome back. Uh, Fran, it's your turn to go. So um,
1: you know, go ahead, do your thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so my affirmative murder this week is about Robert Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes. Robert yes, ben this Rhodes. is a uh, um, this is a white guy from Iowa. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you his pictures. Dude looks creepy as fuck. Just like this old, fucking seventy year old man. I hear what you say. Yeah. Mm,
2: those been there? Uh, well, no. I hear I just hear those roads get a bit rocky.
1: Okay. Still one. <laughs> Couldn't wait, huh? Yeah. Sorry. It's not that funny. <laughs> it's really not that funny. Oh, uh, Robert Ben Rhodes was born in Council Bluffs, Iowa, in 1945, but. Yeah.
2: What? that's just a long time ago yeah yeah yeah
1: 1945 but in but it is uncertain as to exactly where he was raised he was raised by his mother in the early years of his life as his father was a soldier in the United States Army and mm. and was stationed in West Germany Rhodes was attending elementary school when his first when his father returned from duty overseas after his father was discharged from the military he found work as a firefighter by all reliable accounts, Rhodes' early life was relatively normal, aside from unspecified, I mean, uns, unspecified social problems in his um formative years. Mm, okay. Which is a Yeah, it's
2: just t- typical. Yeah, sounds it's typical. just it sounds,
1: you know, a couple of scuffles. different than what we uh, the stories we normally do as far as their early Yeah, life it was.
2: seemed pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So he was he was an active participant in extracurricular activities of um, of his attending of, uh, of his attended schools and mm. involved himself with various sports and other programs mm. including gridiron football okay, wrestling, choir, and French club what is French club? <laughs> they no speak
2: they speak French in the club choir. or just appreciation of French culture <laughs> so- <laughs> eat French fries and baguettes Never heard of it. French club. French club. Yeah, it's very specific. Like, Somebody knows. Yeah, let what, us know. Yeah, somebody's like French club.
1: I was in French club.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
1: They're like banging their steering wheel, mad at us. <laughs> so Rose's criminal um, involvement during his high school years were only notable for an arrest in 1961 mm. at age 16 for tampering with a vehicle, along with an arrest for public fighting in 1962 at age 17.
2: Oh, what do you, like cut the brakes on somebody's car or something
1: yeah I don't know yeah jeez um, tampering somebody's vehicle sounds insidious like you did something dark yeah um and just public fighting I guess like, it's not really nothing crazy
2: yeah it's just typical teenager stuff if yeah. he let's say he cut the battery on somebody's car and got in a fight or got, uh, got in a fight with a person and then did something dickish to their car yeah like put, put something in their tailpipe to fuck it up it's like that's just teenager shit yeah
1: but those were two different accounts One was Oh a, it was 60, two different pe- One was in 61 oh. and The other one was in 62 Oh okay So after graduating from high school In Monticello In 1964 He joined the Marine Corps During the same year His father was arrested For molesting a 12 year old girl Whoa Yeah That's that's world shattering Yeah um, Wow And subsequently committed suicide While awaiting trial
2: Oh wow Yeah yeah I mean even back then You don't want to be the guy That molested kids in prison Yeah it's You're gonna You're gonna go either way You might as well go on your own terms I guess Yeah
1: so a few years later, in 1967 or 1968, Rose was um, dishonorably discharged from the military for his involvement in a robbery. Mm. After his dishonorable discharge from the r- Marines, sometime in the late 1960s, he attended college but dropped out. He later he later attempted to join a law enforcement agency, but was like was but was likely rejected for his past dishonorable discharge from mm. the Marine Corps. Should stick with you. Um, yeah, it's
2: disgraceful, especially back then, because you know everybody's so serving your country is like most people do that back yeah. then you know? yeah, it's like yeah, something you do yeah. it's like you did what
1: you deserted or whatever or you you were dishonorably discharged get out of here communist torture, Yeah, yeah like you don't like you. To you so throughout the 1970s and 1980s Rhodes married three times so in 10 years he got married three times in 10 years 1970s and 1980s wow yeah he Rose married three times having a son with his first wife subsequently he found work in stores supermarkets and warehouses and restaurants Eventually, he became a long haul, a long haul trucker. Okay. During the 1980s, Rhodes developed interests and in hobbies, amongst which included involving himself in the BDSM scene. Oh, okay. Wow. There we yeah, go. Yeah. It was okay. also during the time he allegedly verbally, allegedly verbally, physically, and sexually abused his third wife, Deborah Rhodes. So uh, I mean, mm. uh. After his dad passed Shit was just going down Yeah his, Shit was going down Well after his dad that. Not only did his dad pass He found out his dad Is
2: a de- Like into some Demented dark fucked up shit Yeah You yeah. know Who knows If that played a role In him being in the BDSM now Or you know You don't know how What can break in your brain When you find out Some traumatic shit like that Yeah man.
1: So Rhodes Rhodes preyed on hitchhikers And truck stop sex Sex workers During the 1970s So his first confirmed vic- uh, Victims were Patricia Candace I'm sorry Patricia Candace Walsh. Okay, so she was later known as a former girlfriend of a metal vocalist, world Dane, from bands Sanctuary and Nevermore. Familiar? No. Okay, I don't, I don't know either. A band, you said? Yeah, a, a metal, a, a metal vocalist from uh, bands, from these the bands Sanctuary, Sanctuary and Nevermore. And Nevermore. Yeah. Nah, I'm not familiar. Again. Don't listen to metal music. Somebody else. Uh, Oh, somebody's World some, like, you
2: yeah. know him, you know that song, yeah. Home on the do. <laughs> I don't know that song, whatever. Cool, my bad. Sorry.
1: Uh, so yeah, and her husband, Douglas Zakowski, in January 1990. The couple was hitchhiking when Rose picked them up in his truck while on a long haul journey. He immediately killed Zakowski mm. and dumped his body in Sutton County, Texas, where it was later found. He was not identified until 1992, two years ago. He did this in 1991. Oh, I mean 1990 I'm sorry Two years after Yeah that's what I mean Yeah it okay, was like two years ago Do you have, do you have CTE? Yeah Uh he lost me Uh okay He kept Walsh for over a week During this time He tortured and raped her Multiple times Multiple times Before dumping her body In Millard County Utah Um I'm trying to I'm trying to remember where Uh So he dumped her husband In Texas
2: Okay,
1: and he dumped her body in Utah. Okay, I'm just trying to trying to figure out how long of a distance that was from Texas to Utah. Yeah, Eh, that's definitely a long drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to figure out where he met them. Then the this the time from when he killed him and dropped him off, dumped his body, and then tortured her and raped her and then dumped dumped her body. So almost a month after Walsh's death, he grabbed a 18-year-old victim, a drifter who escaped and informed police. When Rhodes was detained, the victim declined to press charges. Oh wow! Something we've heard multiple times. Scared, scared. Feeling that she, yep, feeling that she would not be believed despite extensive evidence. In her statement to police, she says that I don't see any good in filing charges. It just, go, it's just going to be my word against his. Mm. If there was any evidence, I would, I would file. I would file charges and sue him. So it was later asserted that she was fearful of Rose after enduring two weeks in his truck. Mm. Two weeks.
2: Ooh, yeah, it's a long time,
0: man. Yeah, to be captive. Yeah, yeah, shit. In
1: a fucking pickup, in a fucking tractor trailer truck. Um, so Rose had converted the sleeper cab, of his truck, uh-huh. the sleeper cab of his truck into his own personal torture chamber, oh. where he kept women sometimes for weeks. Torturing and raping them. Oh, gee. I never been in one of those. So I don't know how big the the cabin is from.
2: Well, if you're if it's the sleep cab, that's different than the back. The sleep cab is what's behind the seats.
1: Okay, they can be. They're they like a too. curtain. I did. I think I see a.
2: They can be pretty spacious, depending okay. on how big the rig is. Hmm. Um, but to have a whole thing like that, I mean, uh, it's not that spacious. You yeah. got to You working in tight. It's tight. That's what I mean. It's tight space. Yeah,
1: he probably had the whole hookup in that. Oh it's yeah, he made room.
2: it work. He probably watched, you know, read a, a book on feng shui and how to make the most of a space.
1: Yeah. So days later, fourteen-year-old um, Regina K. Walters and her boyfriend Ricky Lee Jones, both runaway teenagers from Houston, Houston suburbs um, of Pasadena, Texas, mm. disappeared. Like with Zakowski, it was believed that after being picked up by Rhodes, Jones was killed and disposed of, exposed of, while Walters was kept. So he got rid of the. The, the guy yep. Kept the and girl kept her Frodo seized during a search Of Rhodes' home Confirmed that he held Walter's for a long time mm. Based on a degree That's why I don't understand Based on a degree Of hair growth And bruising Jones' sure. body was found On March 3rd, 1991 In Lamar County, Mississippi He was not identified Until July 2008 In Bond County, Illinois Jones had been charged In um, Charged in Walter's murder You know While he was While he was
2: absent And this is the dude you're talking about This is the
1: guy We know your hair keeps
2: growing when you die Didn't know that That's what I mean That's what I imagine they're talking about I didn't know that Like maybe they had a picture of him from two weeks while he was missing Two weeks before he went missing And then they found him with a beard and crazy long hair or something like that Really? Yeah your hair keeps growing Your fingernails keep growing Why is that? You fart a little bit I don't know Your body Your brain dies before your body So your body still does some of the body stuff For however long until you decompose a little bit more
1: that's crazy. I didn't know yeah, that. Quite crazy, man. Wow. Hey,
2: you dig up a body right now and fucking make a man bun, bomb ass nails, you know.
1: Be interesting. That's wild. Didn't know that. Um, so in the early morning of April 1st, 1990, Officer Mike Miller of the Arizona Highway Patrol found a truck at the side of I-10 with his hazard, hazard lights on. When he investigated inside the cab, he discovered a nude woman handcuffed and screaming. Mm. There was also a male present who identified himself as the driver of the truck. After failing to talk his way out of the situation, Rose was arrested and charged with aggravated assault, sexual assault, and unlawful imprisonment. After further investigation, the, arrest, the arresting detective Rick Barnhart was able to make a connection to the Houston case and notice a pattern stretching over the course of, of at least five months. Mm. In, um, in executing a search warrant for Rose's home, police found photos of, of a new teenager who was later identified as Walter's whose body was found in September 1990 also present were photos of Walsh whose body was discovered that October mm. so he kept 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 the trophies yeah kept trophies so in 1994 Rhodes was convicted of the first degree murder of Regina K Walters and sentenced to life without parole at Menard Correctional Correctional Center in Chester Illinois he was extradited to Utah in 2005 to be tried for the deaths of the deaths of Candace Walsh and Douglas Zakowski however in accordance with the victim's family's request, the charges were dropped in 2006, and he was returned to prison. Oh, Rose later was extradited to Texas for the murder of Walters and John and Jones, where Rose, in exchange of dropping the death penalty, pleaded guilty to their deaths and received a second life sentence. Mm. Despite his other com- convictions in Texas, he continued serving his life without parole um, sentence at the Munich Correctional Center in Chester, Illinois. Um. So yeah, that was my story of um, Robert Ben Rose. Look at this guy. (laughs) That's him.
2: Oh wow, that's a terrible photo. He kind of looks like the grandpa from Up. Yeah. (laughs) But also, one of his eyes is lazy or something. Yeah, he got like one of them closed. Yeah. Looks like he talks like little talks like this. Why would you? Why
1: would you accept a ride from him? People got to get places. Maybe he was.
2: Maybe this, maybe this picture. This is pre-Uber, man. You gotta get somewhere. You
1: gotta now make it, it happen, like that.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you can't see the truck is all high. They pull over to the side of the road. You haven't seen a truck in four hours, and this guy opens the door. He's like, "Hey, what's up? You need a ride?" Now you're already halfway committed. You can't go. Oh no, never mind. I'll well, get. A, I'll get the next
1: truck. Yeah, I'll take that back because maybe I feel like maybe the women were skeptical. But the but guy goes. Dude. No, it's babe. I mean, it's cool. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. That's the freedom that men he busts have. bust you upside yeah. head. He gets him first. Yeah. And then.
2: That's the freedom that's that now you left in a situation that you didn't even want to be a part of in the first place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the freedom men
2: have to be like, oh, this I can take this dude. Yeah. You know how many times I've. I always. Anytime I size up, I walk in a place and I, I feel like, oh, there's some couple dudes in here. I'm like, I can take him. That's always my first thought. If I'm in a room with a stranger and I know. There's somebody sitting behind me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting food at Wingstop or something. And yeah. see two, there's two dudes talking behind me. I'm like, I'll, I'll be... the th- Where I stand in the room is dictated by if I feel like I can take those people or not. Yeah. If I'm like, I can take them. I will freely stand with my back to them and order my atomic wings and whatever. If I don't, if I feel like, oh, they look a little seedy, they might be. They, they could knock me out, take my wallet. You remember, you were there that time that dude kind of talked slick to me at, at Columbia Mall. I dapped him up, like, oh, it's yeah, cool, man. and I dapped him up with my strong hand. Yeah, so he could have absolutely Terrible. floored me.
1: From day one, I said that was a horrible decision.
2: Yeah, he could absolutely put me to sleep. Yeah, you know, but. That was a that was a mislapse in my judgment. It'll never happen again. Yeah. I don't know if I could have taken that dude, but I definitely shouldn't have given him my strong hand freely yeah. to make dap with and and, and make a peace treaty yeah. and he still has his good hand free. Yeah. It's amazing how we didn't get in any
1: fights um back in those days.
2: No, man cuz we weren't confrontational, man. I get that. But I'm sorry, I'm talking about we nobody. We went last just... stuff. I remember those times. One time I had on those Rod Lever Adidas. Yeah. They were very exclusive shoes. My father who sold drugs yeah. at a point had plenty of money they were his shoes that he gave to me so they weren't g-unit shoes yeah but g-unit shoes weren't in at this time and they kind of look like g-units a little bit yeah. and we walked into the movie theater and walked down that line where it's like seven dudes on this side yeah. and seven do- they've made like they have, they, it's like a tunnel yeah. they've created a tunnel of people and then i'm we're walking by them and you as a good friend of mine just you know you stuck it out you didn't step away from me when we heard it but a whisper from the crowd went oh those g-units yeah. And there's laughter. And yeah. what we do, you keep walking. We yeah. can't beat 10 people. No. It's just two of us. Yeah. So I just got to eat that. Ha, ha, ha. I have G in his shoes on. You just got to know the situation, man. Yeah. And these people didn't know the situation when that truck pulled over, you know? That was wild. That another, was time. A... It was another time. What was another time? There was that, was that time when... we were talking to those two girls outside of the um, food court. And I guess the two dudes walked out. Yeah. And they were hating or whatever. Yep. I was going to say that. And they said something. Or he's, the guy was like, yo, my man wants to fight you. Yeah. And we were like, like what? Okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> And we just, we, instead of getting rah rah, which was smart, we didn't get rah rah and go. Well, when was, what fight then? We just went back to talking to the girls, and then they pulled around. in yeah. a, a car came yeah. and got them full of dudes, and so this, we avoided a situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? I,
1: that's the, that's what I was about to bring up. Yeah, so we avoided You
2: gotta you gotta know when to hold yeah. them and when to fold them, man. Yeah, man. We've all That's how we made it man You think we made it yeah. Being two young black men In this urban ass city You think we made it To 27 almost 30 years old Not being smart And yeah. not knowing when to Oh this is not This doesn't call for violence yeah. This is not a conflict Type of situation You got no type of situations You're in man yeah. you, Good thing we wasn't Good set. thing we wasn't With the hot heads That we knew Oh man When you started I'm mean, not gonna say any names But when you brought Those people into our lives I was like oh yeah I'm not going out friends as much as I used to Cause it was like Oh let's fight those people It was like oh no wait what No, I, No wait no Nah, man, I'm a lover, not a fighter, man. And I'm barely a lover, especially at those points. I was like, I'll barely, you know, I was barely g- getting numbers. So I'm barely a lover. And you want to be a fighter now? Nah, I can't do that, man. I'm, man, Fran, I, I'm busy this weekend. Sorry, man, <laughs> it was a lot of that for a while. But uh, it was like, ah, oh, so shoot, man. I'm mom. my mom's crab dinner this oh, weekend man. or something. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no. So um, good affirmative murder. Yeah, no, man. Uh, Always, when you you know it's twenty twenty now, so when you get in an Uber, always make sure the license plate matches up with the one that's on the thing, and yeah. make sure that the car is the car that you're saying because you don't know, man. People, yeah. people, even in professional uh, transportation type of situations, can be fucking dangerous. Let alone just a fucking hitchhike. Situation. I wonder how much
1: that happens though, as far as I mean, I, as I was reading the Uber story, lies. No, no, I mean as I was reading the story, I mean like as far as the I want to know if there is like one of those truck community type things. You know what I mean? Like we talked about, so it's like. Like the guy that um, what's the the good vibes you do to one kid that does the knitting? oh the knitting? You know what yeah, I mean? Like they uh, have their own little community, community where it's yeah. Like oh that guy is it's the head knitter. Yeah, I wonder if that they have that for trucks for like. Well, truck they, do, they do CB radio. They still do that. Yeah. Okay. Those people are so
2: lonely. I mean, you're driving forty hours, you know, forty hours every couple of days or whatever, thirty hours straight, and if it's a truck in front of you, you kind of go, eh, what you hauling? You know, it's just commu- just talking to somebody. I guess but you know that is a community that's what you're describing that's a community that you're describing but um i don't know if they like regulate and keep track of who's who and they could tell you so if somebody gets murdered you go well i just, i did saw i saw kevin riggins going around that part of the town so he was around there so if a truck driver killed somebody it might have been him i don't think it's like that no. but they do kind of communicate because it's short distance radio cb so yeah you get to a point it's like oh you're out of range now it's so weird. it might be there might be some but now it's 2020 like I said so there might be trucker Facebooks like I'm a trucker and so I'm a part of Truckers of America Facebook yeah. group and they got talk about got the those, new the new got, trucks that came out they
1: got their own jokes oh
2: yeah 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 oh man <laughs> had a 40 footer talk about towing heavy yeah and you're like, oh yeah you know it brother you know things like that I don't know the lingo yeah. I'm just making some stuff yeah. up but um <laughs> yeah man I mean no, man, it's tough. Like, uh, hitchhiking murders were definitely more prevalent, like in the 70s and stuff. Yeah. Where hitchhiking was more You could just disappear. Prevalent. Yeah. There was no, you know, there was no, not much of a database, or, you know, the research was limited on being able to just find. Keep track of somebody who's driving across the country and killing people state to state to state. Yeah. You can get away with it more freely then. not so much now. There's cameras everywhere. You got to go through Easy Pass toll booths and stuff. Yeah. They have cameras. Got time so you, stops. No, yeah, showing, so you track yeah. you track people down more easily. But yeah. even so, people still hitchhike. I assume so. Just got to be careful who you get in a car with, or don't hitchhike. I don't really know what the proper thing is. I'm not a person who is in a dire situation like that. Yeah. I don't need to get from fucking you know Virginia to Ohio, and I don't have any money. But if you were, you might hitchhike. But I'm just saying, be safe about it. What I know you can control is you call an Uber, and it says they're driving a white, you know, Chevy Volt. Make sure a Chevy Volt pulls up to you, and the license plate matches. I don't want to hear. Are they supposed to know your name or something? They're supposed to know your name, Alvin. You know, they'll they'll call it out the window. Okay, but they might do that, and it'd be a different car. Yeah true You know what I mean Or they might not You just gotta follow Follow the procedures man People get caught up And not following the procedures Cause I know
1: I know it was something like um, A lot of people was going like The problem was They were Stealing the, Ubers the, That but the car will pull up And they'll go They'll say their own name And the guy The person goes Yeah Yeah, yeah uh huh <laughs> <laughs> That's me
2: Yeah Yeah Um yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. There's a lot of deceitful people out there. I saw a couple of videos of women being like, "Oh, I thought this was an Uber ride. The guy tried to human traffic me. Like, it it, it can just go that way, man. So just be careful out there, man. Watch who you get in the car with. Yeah, you know, make sure you take good a, a good photographic memory of somebody, and make sure the doors aren't locked. That's that's my biggest advice. That's what that's what we're gonna go to the good vibes on. When you get in the car, just pop the door again. Make sure the child aren't on. Mm. Close the door, but but before you take off, pull it again. While you're in a public space, mm. you just you're still in front of the club, so that you can make a scene if you need to. The child, like child piece lock, on,
1: child yeah. lock is not even it's not even on the door anymore. Are they not? It's, no, I don't think so. I think it's a it's a button now. Oh, it like used to they, be it used to be on the like on the door, on the, on the, on the, on the when you open it. Yeah, it's like a little that, switch inside yeah, the door. To, it's not there anymore. It's like the, it's up to the, the adult cars. person
2: in the front seat. Yeah. Even so, that yeah. could still be on. Just check. Get in, close the door. But that's what oh, I mean, though. Know, if
1: you, if it was like you could just you could just pop the you know yeah you can't do anything a, about flashlight and look and like oh wait that's on yeah flip it yourself but oh it's in the back seat too. No 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 I mean I mean it used to be on the the back seat door before they made the button in the front I think oh okay you had to you had to do it yourself manually oh okay on, I thought on, you were saying because
2: I remember when it was like you had to open the door and then flip the switch from. In between the door, that's, that's the what side I mean. of the that,
1: door. I don't think you have it there anymore. No yeah, they that makes that that that's yeah. smart. That's yeah. good. That's yeah. good,
2: but it can still be on. Yeah, I think there's still child proofs So yeah. just you know, close the door and then go. Oh, I think I didn't close it all the way. Just try it. Yeah, because if it's not if it's on, that's that's a red flag. Even if the guy just forgot, yeah, it's still a red flag. Yeah, like can you take this off? Yeah, so you know now instead of like
1: oh I dropped something. Yeah, dropped my keys. It's on, better
2: something. to know in that moment than ten minutes into the ride and you go wait I don't live left. He took three lefts. I'm I'm two rights and a left. And then you go, oh, shit, I think I'm in a situation. And then you go to try the... Now you're in... He's taking you behind business centers and there's no traffic around. And now you go to try the door and it doesn't work. Yeah. So just just get on... Just be aware. Don't ever let your guard down too much. Or oh, you can buy... They have, like, a pin mm-hmm. on uh Oh, and just bust on the window out? Bust the yeah, window out. a pin you know, you, when on I, you know, when I got my... You know, speaking as a woman. Yeah. When I got my freakum dress on. I got me a little clutch. You know? Yeah. Just enough you to get, keep my they phone and... Put that st- in
1: there. They got, they got ones true. that are pins. That's true. That's true. That's true. You That's can take one. that shit and fucking
2: yeah. Break that glass, when, ladies. If, even if you got your freakum dress on, always keep you a nice little clutch or something that you can keep one of these tactical pens in. Yeah. Bust the window out real quick. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Bust the windows out your car. Shout out to Jasmine man. Sullivan. That's that's ridiculous. Well, look we look what we got to tell them, man. But it's not crazy. It's it, it's yeah. it's all true. It, it can happen at any point. So I don't I feel a, crazy saying it. to Yeah. Them.
1: I saw a post on like Twitter where like. It was like a woman had like a... She had like a knife on her leg and had another one just in case they find that in the sock. It was... I was like, whoa. And somebody was like, it, you shouldn't even have to do all no, that. No, you shouldn't. But To go got, out. And, that's, that's wild. You got to be ready, man.
2: A dude sees a girl in a tight dress and they're like, you owe me something. Yeah. I bought you a drink. You, you owe me something yeah. now. And I'm not going to leave you alone until I get it from you. That's crazy to think. If I buy a girl a drink and I go, you want to dance? And she goes... No, it's girls, and then it's like well, I just take the L on my drink. I mean, you know, enjoy the drink. I, I tried. I shot my shot. Yeah, as I've said on this podcast before, I believe. I, you know, I shot my shot on the girl. She told me she was married, bro. Yeah, we were 14, 15 years old. There's no way she was married. Yeah, but you just got. I'm not gonna be like, no, you're lying, bitch. And it's like, yeah. whoa, hey, man, man, where did this
1: go? Yeah,
2: well, but you, you know, know, people like that. Yeah, well, so. I mean, we come from, we come. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna shoot. And, you know, continue to shoot down my city, but in my experience growing up. If a, a dude could think you're the most beautiful woman in the world, want to kiss you up and down your arm like Peppy Le Pew? Oh my God, girl, you're beautiful. Um, no, thank you. Well, you're ugly then anyway. You stinky bitch. Yep. It's like, whoa, that went super <laughs> left. You just wanted to drink her bathwater two seconds ago. <laughs> dudes are when dudes get scorned, they yeah, get man. mad. Anyway, let's get into these good vibes, man. Uh, you know, I had that, I had that weird transition last week, so I won't even try to make a transition. We're just gonna go into the good vibes. Yeah, folks, welcome to another segment of Good Vibes. You know that feeling when you bite into a fresh, warm, baked cookie? This is like that, but for your heart. Um, Fran, do you have a good vibes ready to go, or let me go first, or how you want to carry it, man? Uh, you can go first. Okay. Well, my good vibes. I actually saw this video earlier in the week. Last week, it was this video of this young boy who gave a hug to a pizza delivery man Mm -hmm. after he dropped off a pizza, and um, it it turned out to be a way bigger deal to him than the mom thought it was going to be when she let her kid hug the stranger. So, a pizza delivery man in Rhode Island received an unexpected hug at a time he needed it most. On February 15th of this month, of, of 2020, I'm sorry, it's now March. Wow, mm-hmm. time yeah. flies. And on February 15th, Lindsay Sheely ordered, de- ordered delivery from, I really hope it wasn't Papa John's, because I've really grown out of that. The garlic <laughs> butter sauce is great, but the pizza is cardboard with p- tomato paste on it. Uh, Here we go. Nothing. What, man? Nothing, man. Well, she didn't order it from Papa John's, just to be clear. Now you don't like she- Papa John's. I don't like Papa John's... What is crap? What, what's up, man?
1: You don't like Papa John's now?
2: I like my pizza a little more. You know, you know I, like, I like a nice artisan bread. I don't... at I... this,
1: man. Go ahead. Just go ahead, man. I don't, I
2: don't... I'm just saying, if I could get the garlic butter sauce... So- I like the garlic butter sauce, but the pizza, you know, is a little subpar. Why don't you like Papa John's now? Well, first of all, John's a racist, and I don't support racist I get businesses. that. Okay, fine. Secondly... I don't, you know, I, there's better quality pizzas out there to me. Sure. Nice local pizza place that's more invested, one chain. It's not a chain, it's just one place to yeah. really put their love and heart into one pizza yeah. as opposed to just fucking screen printing pizzas
1: out. Yeah, pizza is gross now. Papa John's? Yes. Okay, so what are you coming me for? I'm talking years ago, though. Oh, I ate Papa John's? Oh, I used to eat <laughs> Every all
2: the Papa John's, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. The little cinnamon pizza that come, you can get as the dessert? All <laughs> yeah. oh, that shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Me now. pizzas every day. I'm just saying me now, man. Every day. Don't go crazy, man. You not did. every day. You man. did. Though. Most days. <laughs> three days a week. All right. <laughs> three days a week, a medium or large size pizza, three days a week. That's not crazy. <gasps> to yourself. And the pizza, the cinnamon pizza as well. Wow. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> so they got their pizza from Wicked Good Pizza in West Warwick. After paying for the food, her two-year-old son, two-year-old son Cohen, ran outside to say goodbye. And again, this goes to that thing. I don't know if I like my, I don't like kids just going up to strangers and <laughs> hugging them. Man. Yeah. But whatever, you know, whatever. Especially this coronavirus going around. You can't just go people just be nasty, man. Yeah. Be rubbing your hands on the back of my kids' hair, getting corona all in the, their locks. Money dealing with the money and stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. Last night when we got our pizza and ranch, she said, mm. ranched on the side." Delicious. I don't, I, don't, I don't do pizza in ranch. Oh my um,
1: god, I love it. Do you?
2: Yes. Respect, but like, but like, but pizza has so many flavors. Why disrupt that flavor with such a strong flavor as ranch? It's
1: delicious. I love it. Mm. I won't judge you, man. Like D Wade. I love it.
2: Like D. Okay, okay. <laughs> so does he love ranch dressing? Okay, okay. Got it. You're doing an impression of D Wade. Got yeah. it. Uh, so they got their food delivered. Cohen, the little boy, ran out to hug the delivery guy and tried to give him a kiss. Whoa. <laughs> relax. Hopefully that guy went, okay, buddy, that's cool. Because it, it, depending on how receiving he is of that, yeah. I, I start to judge the pizza guy. Yeah. He should have been like, oh, all right, man, hug's cool. Let's yeah. relax because there might be a Nest camera on me and I'd look like a pedophile. Yeah. Uh, so he tried to give him a kiss. He said, They say try, so I assume he was like, no, no, that's cool, buddy. Um. So he tried to give him a kiss too. We thought it was so funny and sweet. Then realized that our doorbell might have caught the interaction... On camera, and it did, Sheely wrote on Facebook. The day after she posted the heartwarming video, because she posted, you know, because it's 2020. It was like, guys, can you check this out? The pizza guy Cohen hugged the pizza man. Yeah. Hashtag Cohen loves everybody. Whatever. I'm trying to make her kid famous. No judgment. Um, Sheely received a personal message from the pizza delivery man named Ryan catterson when Catterson, who saw the video through a mutual friend, asked if he could share it on Facebook, Sheely visited his profile because, you know, you got to be... Sh- I, I, I I appreciate this, too, because it's like, it's a video involving my son. So let me check this guy out before I say, yes, you can share a a, pic- a video of my my child.
1: But do you have to share everything, though?
2: No, but then we wouldn't get all these heartwarming <laughs> stories like we do. Sometimes they work out, friends. Sometimes it's like, why'd you share that? And other times it's like, oh, that's a beautiful moment. And yeah. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. Now, I would say... That's one out of like every fifty times. Sometimes people are just sharing shit you didn't need to share. Yeah, but sometimes you get every once in a while you get that little nugget of, wow, it's change. I feel hope for the world. Yeah, and this is one of those. So, uh, so he shared it. He asked if she could share. She checked out his Facebook page. She visited his profile and she discovered a GoFundMe page for funeral expenses of his sixteen-year-old daughter Alyssa, wow. who passed away unexpectedly a week prior. Wow. Little did little did we know that Cohen's hug to this stranger would mean little did we know what this uh what cohen's hug to the stranger would mean Sheely wrote in an update someone showed ryan the video i posted to my ig so he messaged me and i found him on facebook so he could share the video through this we found out ryan unexpectedly lost his daughter recently and that hug from cohen was a little blessing from god i believe in in divine appointments and know that ryan was the one to deliver our pizza for a reason mm. Catterson, who was 38 years old, told NBC 10 how much that hug meant to him. It was the perfect timing for it, he said. I had been telling my kids and the whole family how much I needed hugs before they came, and then that sweet little boy gave me one. It was almost as if the universe or my daughter had known and sent it to me. Which is like, it's probably just a little kid hugging you, but you know, you find meaning where you gotta find meaning. I understand. I respect it and I appreciate it. Catterson continued. We get really caught up in the fast paced life of in the fast paced life. And I think sometimes that that causes us to lose sight of what actually matters, which is mental well-being. You never know what the last time you see someone you last last time you that you never know what the last time you be you see someone you love will be. So I hope tonight every parent out there takes a few minutes to explain to their children how much they love them. I think his daughter committed suicide. So mm. it's a very heavy, you know, topic for him. Uh, hug them a little tighter than usual, talk, them up, talk to them about their feelings, and teach them how to deal with the pain in healthy ways. Yeah. There's an actual video. It's a very sweet video. Now, it, the video is just a very quick thing. He doesn't explain like and hugging them, like, oh my God, my daughter died. But when you get the backstory later, it makes the video a lot more sweet. Yeah. So shout out to them. It's a very sweet moment. And, you know, my yeah. little, it, it, it warmed my heart when I saw it.
1: Yeah. I got a question I want to ask you. Go for it. You can cut this if you want. I just want to get your opinion. On this Please. One. Um... So when you hear people go, um, I think my family member did that for me from where they are now. Sure. How do you feel about that? Cause that It depends. That same thing came up when Kobe passed. Uh huh. It was like, oh, you know, it was two one and then it was 224 was coming it was just like yeah it's like people
2: were really reaching yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: how do you feel about that Uh, that specifically
2: in that situation i've heard a lot of takes that i just kind of thought were gross and i just move on like i heard somebody asked chris paul in an interview well do you think it's a good thing that they died together and you got to try to answer that nicely and not make a scene but it's like that girl was 10 years old no no i don't as as cool and sweet as the videos are of seeing them hugging each other how much their connection was no, I don't think that little girl was meant to die. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't think either of them were meant to die. But I'm not like, well, at least they died together. Yeah. I don't feel that way. But as far as um people saying, you know, somebody came to them in a dream or something mm-hmm. like that, that I can, I'm not gonna shit on somebody for saying that. Right. If 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 you really feel like, oh man, I had a dream about my grandmother and then uh somebody was at her house and found something, a letter for me. Yeah. It's like you find those connections or whatever. I, I'm not a I'm not I'm not a skeptic in every situation sometimes Mm. when it's people making the narrative up on social media and on espn about people they don't know like kobe Bryant, it's like you don't even fucking know anything yeah you know about what you're talking about kobe wore number eight at a point too it's like so it's like oh yeah okay she wore two she whatever boom that's that's fine but if it's if it's you genuinely feel like a lost one that you had a connection with you saw a sign in the cloud or you know you kept seeing the number three all day and their phone number ended in th- I don't know whatever. If you feel like that, if that makes you feel good, I'm not yeah. gonna. It's whatever. You know? Yeah, that's how you feel. I'm not like skeptical about it. Okay. I do not believe in you know divine things of that level as prominently, yeah. but I think anything's possible. I don't I don't claim to know everything. Yeah, or
1: anything. Yeah, I'm on the same I'm on the same boat with you. I just want to get your opinion. Yeah. On it. Um. Yeah. So. <clears throat> My affirmative murder this week. Oh, I mean, like, what? what? My, uh, like, uh, <laughs> my good news. We are about I mean, to My uh, good vibes this week is, <laughs> is about uh, a legend during the golden age of Hollywood, Kirk Douglas, mm. best known for his performance in films like Spartacus. Didn't see was it. Was also... Hey, but that was like fucking 1950s or something yeah. like that. Uh, was also a golden-hearted philanthropist. Mm. He continued his, his charitable giving um, even after his death on February 5th, donating the majority of his $61 million Ooh. fortune to charity. Mmm! Some, some he had some kids who were mad. Why do you think I did this story? Hold on. <laughs> it is... That's it, what the, that's, be, that's kind of the premise of the movie Knives Out I was telling you about. Oh, okay. Um, it is with tremendous sadness that my brothers and I announced that Kirk Douglas left us today at the age of 103. Mm. Um, that's what you want to get to right yeah man wrote his son wrote his son michael who did he say (laughs) wrote his son michael who did not receive any of his father's inheritance (laughs) god damn now figure it out probably just a letter just like figure it out i did what nah man
2: i told you the story about my grandfather was he was the foreman of a um hvac place Mm -hmm. and when the economy fell out from under in like 2007 2008 uh the, the dad sold the business, or the dad gave this business to the son, mm-hmm. but sold all the shit. Like all the trucks and the, all the. He basically was like, here's the business and the, the license and the name and yeah. the,
1: the, uh, the clientele. But sold the equipment. But
2: figure it out. You got to start from scratch like I did.
1: Okay, I get that. I kind of get that a little bit. But you worth $61 million and you leave your children nothing yeah. and give it all to. Nah, man. Nah. Nope. I have
2: to assume they lived a life of privilege and, and were able to get nice jobs and everything nope. like that. Where, nope. You know... Nope. Also, he's 103 years old, so his next kid is probably like 70. you 70 years old, you should have made it by grandkids? now. Grandkids? Yeah, no, I, if I was a grandkid, I'd be pissed. But even a, that dude's so old, even his grandkids are like
1: 40. You can sp- These are all adults. 61, you can split that in half and go here. I'm going to get this to 30 to charity, 30 to y'all.
2: Well you're what? not if you're not Kirk Douglas and it's not your sixty that million. Don't tell him what to do with his M's. That is wild. Um Yeah. A letter saying like I left you nothing.
1: It's disrespectful. Hopefully well, he left him the house or something. He left him something. He left him something. I don't know, man. It's a Some who, trinkets. Did not, who did not receive any of his father's inheritance. Mm. To the world he was a humanitarian who's whose commitment to justice. Um, and the cause he believed and set a standard for all of us to inspire. But to me, he's an old fuck and I hate my dad. Is that what it said after that?
2: Nah. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> he to be just people. He low-key he lo- he heard that. Yeah, he's like, but to me, fuck him. So according to reports, charitable recipients include St. Lawrence um, University to help fund the Kirk Douglas Scholarship for underprivileged students, primar- primarily those who grew up in poverty like Kirk did. Okay. Himself back during the um, Great Depression of the 1920s and
2: 30s. Sounds Jesus vague, Christ but it sounds like a, a good cause. Yep,
1: Kirk Douglas has been transcendently generous to Saint Lawrence University and remain commitment com, remain committed to his alma mater um, and our students throughout the decades. Uh, that was uh, the school's president said that. Nice. So contributions also went to Westwood um, Sinai Temple, Culver, what's it, Culver City's Kirk Douglas Theater and George's Hospital. Um, Los, Los Angeles. They're all charities named charities. after him. Yep. <laughs> Which had also previously received large donations from the Oscar-winning actor, including a $2.3 million to purchase new equipment um, for the pediatrics division. Mm. So Douglas also made a, sin- a significant difference in the lives of aging entertainers like himself, except those who needed assistance in their golden years. In 2015, on his 99th birthday, he gave $15 million to build the Kirk Douglas Care Pavilion to help care for up to 80 Alzheimer patients mm. um, from the entertainment industry. It's a good cause. So son and fella and fellow actor D- Michael Douglas also has a personal net worth in millions. So
2: yeah, Michael Douglas has bread, man. These aren't his kids. Aren't like poor fucking. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they needed that 60 million. I mean, pff, they always use a couple extra M's, yeah. but they weren't. He didn't leave them high and dry. Yeah. Also, would have been hilarious if you're like, and the rest of the donations went to uh, pro-life found like he's something weird, something dark where he's like, you know, anti-gay conversion <laughs> camps. You're like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> you're like, it's like, oh shit. Kirk, Kirk Douglas was on some dark. shit Probably did. I mean, he's he they not three years can't old. He's old him. school. They
1: can't judge him. He's dead. So hundred
2: three like, years old. Hundred three years ago was 1916 1917 That's
1: crazy. Yeah, that's when he was born. Yeah. He was born. It was black and white outside. Yeah, <laughs> that's nuts. That's wild. Just that's some shit. That's like you read. You get to his will after he done passed. It was like yeah. you can't judge him. Nah, <laughs> shit. He was one
2: of those kids outside, like extra, extra. Like he actually that was his
1: his after school job.
2: Read all about it. The newspapers, yes. yes. Newspapers for sale.
1: Yeah, I, that part. I'm just sorry. I mean. Him being very. A very I think you're putting yourself guy. in the
2: position like if your dad secretly you found out he had sixty million dollars and, and he was like shit. I didn't give you, I didn't leave you anything. It's I'll like, be I'll be pissed. His kids lived a life of privilege their whole life. They they're fine. Pissed. <laughs> like, a... I'll be pissed. I wouldn't know what to do myself. But like but First of all, you had sixty million dollars and you left me
1: none of I mean, it? Nothing. Wow. It's his money, man. Wow. It's his money and he needs it now. Yeah, man. But he did Do the charity Help beautiful. out it's beautiful I, It was pretty cool But that part where it was like He did his son Didn't get nothing <laughs> I don't know man That guy rubbed me <sighs> the wrong way But yeah, fear Maybe no, he like, Maybe
2: I won't slap The shit out of him Right now yeah, Maybe
1: he uh, Maybe he changed his will When he saw His son was already uh, Pretty successful paid. Like, well he don't yeah, need it be alright Okay,
2: Michael got his own
1: millions. Yeah, okay, never mind. That's cool. That's a beautiful story, man. Come on, it's a beautiful story.
2: It's great (laughs) advice, man. (laughs) Your dad doesn't have sixty million dollars secretly. That's fine, man. It's not. It's not you. You're not him. Hmm. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Affirming the Murder. I'm gonna let Frank get out of here. He's, you know, he's been, you know ready to ready to go it's been a long day uh, you know we'll see you guys next week also uh, be sure to you know go check out fruit loose podcast I don't know when the uh, episode crossover episode will be dropping but it was a great time we talked about the Gary, Gabriel Fernandez documentary Charles of Gabriel Fernandez so you know check that out and then when the podcast drops listen to it and see what you think which gave our thoughts on it, it was a good time we'll see you guys next week Jesus peace